Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. We're wrapping up our summer series today. This is number eight. We had eight different speakers over the last eight weeks. Have you guys enjoyed that? It's been pretty cool, huh, to hear the word from all these people. It's been a good, and I've kind of enjoyed the time off, and at the same time, I'm kind of ready to get back at it. So right. next week is when I'm ready to bring the word. <laughs> but for those, of you, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And here at No Limits, we're on a mission of making a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover their purpose. In other words, we want to help you live the life that God planned for you before you were even born. And there's a whole attack out there. The, the, the culture of the world is against you living out that purpose. So that's why, that's why we're here. That's why we come together. That's why we meet in our small groups, because we need each other to fulfill that purpose with everything else that's trying to pull you away from it. We're going to pull you towards it. So thanks for being here with us today. I'm really excited. I'm not the one delivering the message today. It's actually one of our behind the scenes leaders, Dr. Darla Bell. You get to hear from her husband, Tim Bell, quite often, but today you get to hear from Darla. And you may, the ladies may know Darla because she leads our monthly women's of faith breakfast and Bible study, which has just been epic. The Lord put that on her heart at the beginning of the year, and it's been going strong. And she also serves on our advisory board here at No Limits. And let me tell you, if you're having a struggle standing in faith for something, whether it be provision or healing or pretty much anything, like Darla is the one you want to go to and say, will you stand in faith with this with me? Because, man, talk about a mighty woman of faith, mighty woman of God. Excited for the words you have this morning. Go ahead and come on up. I'm going to pray over it. So Lord, we thank you for your word that's going to come forth strongly out of Darla today. We know that your word is planted deep in her heart, and and everything we hear today is going to be so valuable and so rich. And I just speak your anointing and your peace and your comfort over her in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give it up for Darla. Well, um, pleasure. It's it's actually an honor to be up here. Um, So thank you. I hope you've enjoyed your rest. I'm looking forward to you being back. Um, but it's been a great summer, very fast. I don't know how it's already towards the end of um, July. But anyway, so um, a couple of weeks ago, he said, hey, you got a word for us? <laughs> I'm like, I've always got a word. <laughs> I love to share my opinion. <laughs> so um, so I got to, I was just praying about it, and I said, all right, Lord, um, in this day, in this hour, What's the word that you have for us? And I really got that we need a greater revelation of his love for us. And we have to have faith in that love. Um, in First John 4.16, um, I've got tons of scriptures, so bear with me. Um, First John 4.16 states, we have known and believed the love of God. So there's two steps there. There's a knowing and then there's a believing. And we've been talking in our, in our ladies' monthly meetings about meditating on the scriptures to get it from here to in here. So here's your know, and in your spirit is your belief. And when you get that belief into your spirit, that's your, I know that I know that I know, and nobody can take that away from me. Nobody can change my mind. That's mine. And so um, I'm going to have um, 
uh, Dover, my word man back there today. Um, as you all know, probably most of you know, the amplified version is my favorite version. So we will have a lot of word today. Um, but I've also discovered the Passion Translation. So um, go ahead and put up 1 John 4.16 in the Passion Translation. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. And those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. So what I like about that is we have come into an intimate experience with God's love. And that's what I want for you guys. That's what I want for you today. That's what I want for you every day. That you would intimately experience his love. And not just experience it, but you would get it down into your spirit that you know that you know that you know how much he loves you. Because when you know that, man, perfect love casts out fear, right? So you get that in you, and that gets bigger and bigger and bigger in you. There's no room for fear anymore. So um, I really feel like it's, it's really important that we have a greater revelation of God's love. So I wanted to take you through the scriptures so you can see it. And I've only picked out three, <laughs> three-ish. Um, <laughs> I've got 40 minutes, right? <laughs> At least I do on Zoom. <laughs> All right, so I want to start in, in Genesis with creation. Now, don't take this as um, theology. I haven't read this in the Bible. I don't know if uh, how things really happened because I wasn't there. But, okay, God is, God is God. He is infinite. And I can't wrap my head around that infinite, so I just don't even try to go there. But he was there before everything started. And in my opinion, from what I read through his word, he wanted, he wanted a friend. He wanted a covenant partner. He wanted somebody to walk through the cool of the day with. He wanted somebody to fellowship with and to love and to love him back. He had his angels, but they weren't created the same as us. Um, we're actually made in his image with a free will. And so I've, I've in my musings, as <laughs> I'm enjoying nature and stuff, and I think about stuff, um, I wonder, and this is how I've kind of pictured it, that the, the big three, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit are up there in heaven's conference room. And God says, I want to create man. I want to create um, a place for him, and I want to fellowship with him, but it's not going to be, it's not going to stay perfect. I'm going to create it perfectly, but it's not going to stay that way. So... They discuss it, <laughs> and God says, there's going to be a way, though, to bring them back. And Jesus said, I'm in. Let's do it. And God says, okay, but we're going to have to, there's going to have to be a sacrifice, and there's going to have to be a cross. There's going to have to be redemption and reconciliation. And Jesus said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. And so even though they knew it wasn't going to stay great, they wanted to do it anyway, willing to, um, to make that sacrifice down the road. So in Genesis, everything he made was perfect because he, he made it, and this is how I like to think about it, he made it with me in mind because he knew me before the foundation of the world. 
So that hibiscus plant, that lantana, that um, hummingbird, that dragonfly, all of my favorite things he made with me in mind because he knew I would enjoy it. And it pleases him that I enjoy it. Like I told everybody this morning, I saw a hummingbird out by my hibiscus tree. My, I've got a big, huge, saucer-sized bloom on this hibiscus. And a hummingbird came and just hovered right there in front of that bloom for at least a minute. And what did I do? I cried. <laughs> because that, for me, is me seeing how much God loves me. Because he made that little bird for me. Um, in our small group, we were trying to learn how to not hurry. <laughs> and, oh, John Curry and Dover were talking about their favorite place to go and find solitude and relax and find peace is out in nature. Um, I like nature, but boy, do they like nature. They, they get into nature. And I said, why? What, what's so great about the woods? So they were explaining it to me. Um, Curry likes to go in the wintertime when it snows on him. And because he said the woods sound differently with the snow. And then Dover explains that when you're out there overnight camping and everything is still and quiet and the sun rises and the dew falls and then the, the woods start to slowly wake up, critters moving around, he did that for you guys. Next time you go out in the woods, you just say, all right, thanks. I mean, can you imagine? I think that's probably what the garden was like. The sun rising, the dew falling, things starting to wake up. There was no, there was no fear, no sin, no yuck in the garden. And that's, he did that for you guys. So enjoy it and thank him for it and, and, then, and, and see it and know that, uh, you guys that like to fish, <laughs> he did that for you. I'm glad he did that for you. It's not for me. I got my hummingbirds. <laughs> totally different. Okay, so the garden, it was great, but it didn't last. So God had to teach us then. Um, he had to teach us the right way. And then there's Abraham. And... Um, Abraham did it right. God called him out, and Abraham listened to God, and he learned, and God showed him his love, and he walked with him, just like God did with Adam in the garden, and Abraham was a friend of God. James 2.23, um, be Abraham became God's friend, and it says um, Abraham believed God, God counted him as righteous because of his faith, and he was even called the friend of God. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be a friend of God. And so that's how, I'm, that's how I want to walk. Abraham learned about God's love. He learned about the covenant. And he was promised to be a, a father of many nations because in Genesis 15, 5, God said, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And so how do you build your faith? Ladies, we've talked about this. You find your scripture, you meditate on it, and you get it from here to here. And you see yourself with that answer. You see yourself with that promise. So Abraham had this promise 
my, my ancestors, my, my, my sorry, descendants are going to be so many, they're going to be like the stars. So can you imagine him going out every night, looking up into the sky and trying to count? And I mean, there right in front of him every night was a visual of his promise. And that's what I want you guys to get. I want you to look around your favorite things, your, your nature, the things that you like to do, because creation is crying out God's love for you. It's crying out his glory. It's right there for you to see. We just need to open our eyes to see it. And we, they, they kind of lost that when they were um, slaves in Egypt. Um, for 400 years, they didn't have anybody teaching them. They weren't walking in it. And, and so through the generations, they kind of lost what that was. But God saved them from that, took them out to the desert, taught them in the desert. He took care of them. Clothes and shoes never wore out for 40 years. Ladies, can you go 40 years without buying a new pair of shoes? No. But he gave them everything that they needed because he loved them. He gave them the manna, the quail, the water. He had patience with them even when he's like, oh, these people. But he still, he still loved them, and he still taught them. And then David, David learned about God's love and his friendship. He learned that when he was out tending sheep. And that, that uh, faith in God's love and that covenant that he had with God, that's how he defeated Goliath. Because David knew who he was in that covenant. He knew who he was in God's love, and he knew God's love for him. So in 1 Samuel 17, 26, um, when David's out running down Goliath, what did he say? He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Calling him uncircumcised, he knew Goliath didn't have a covenant with God, but he did. So he knew from the very beginning Goliath was going down. So he says, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Poor Goliath, he didn't even get a shot off. I think he died with that spear in his hand, with a confused look on his face as this little teenager came up to him with a rock. Um, but because of the, the faith in God's love, David was bulletproof. He knew what his rights were. He knew what God do for him. He trusted God. Just like at the beginning, that first scripture, he knew God's love and he believed in that love. And that's how we need to be. We need to make sure we complete both steps. Know that love, but believe that love as well. And then David was promised a king on the throne forever. And who was that? That was Jesus. So Jesus knew from the very beginning, from the foundation of the world, how things were going to go down, and he was willing. And the great part about it, that willingness, is he would do it for just one. And he would do it more than once if it was required. Thankfully, it wasn't required to do that many times. Um, but in um, Colossians, I'm trying to quote a bunch of these, so um, if you want to know the references, I'll tell you later, but I was trying to limit my, I had like 20 scriptures, sorry. So in Colossians 1.15, it 
In the New Living Translation, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. So if you want to know what God's love looks like in the flesh, look at Jesus. He is God's love personified and love in the flesh. And how did he live? (laughs) He had a deep revelation of his father and his love. Because, you know, he, he was, I mean, God the Son, but he left that to come down here as a man. So everything you, he did on earth was as a man, like you and me, only he did it better, <laughs> much better. So he knew the Father's love. He was full of compassion, always acted in love. He healed comforted, encouraged those around him. He walked in the fullness of God's love, and he was protected, and he was bulletproof because he walked right through a crowd, right? Um, They tried to push him off a cliff, and he just walked right through, and nobody could touch him until his time was ready, and then he willingly let them them get him. (laughs) It was in his time, not theirs. His hour hadn't come yet at that time. But he spent time with the Father daily. That's how he knew God's love. Every day. I mean, this guy, was a, he was busy. <laughs> we read about that in our unhurried life. How did this guy, who was pulled in all different directions, um, people chasing him down, he goes to have a nap. There's people. He goes across the lake. There's more people. He tries to eat. There's people. He tries to grieve the loss of John the Baptist. There's people. But he never turned them away. He always acted in love. And he spent time with the Father every day, more than once a day. He didn't do a once a week check-in, folks. So we can't can't do a once a week check-in with the Father and then expect to walk like Jesus walked, or expect to do the greater works that he said we would do. You have to, you have to know. You have to know that love. Um, Jesus was chosen for our sacrifice from the very beginning. This was their plan from the very beginning. Um, do I have this one on? Nope. First um, Peter 1, 18 through 20, in the Passion Translation, should I give that one to you, Dover? Nope. Okay. All right. For It says, For you know that your lives were ransomed once and for all from the empty and futile way of life handed down from generation to generation. It was not a ransom payment of silver and gold, which eventually perishes, but the precious blood of Jesus. So you were bought with the precious blood of Jesus. The blood of Christ, who like a spotless, unblemished lamb, was sacrificed for us. This was part of God's plan, for he was chosen and destined for this before the foundation of the earth was laid, but he has been made manifest in these last days for you. That's 1 Peter 1, 18-20 in the Passion Translation. So he knew before, before God said, let there be light, he knew what he was going to do. He knew what his assignment was going to be, and he knew it was going to be tough. I mean, have you guys seen The Passion of the Christ? <laughs> that, that movie, I mean, 
Just try to picture it. His body was torn up. They had glass on the leather of the whip that would pull his skin off. I mean, embed and pull. And there was hardly any skin left on his back by the time that whipping was done. They beat him. They pulled his beard. They put a crown on and shoved it down so hard it went into his scalp. I mean, and, and that's, that was just the first part. That was the body broken for you so that yours doesn't have to be. Because he loves you. His body was bruised and beaten and torn to shreds for you. Every single stripe he took, he had you on his mind. Every single one. Let that sink in. He knew from the very beginning, what he was going to do. He knew it was going to be hard. He knew he was going to be separated from God in hell. He knew the battle that he was going to have to fight in hell, but he knew he would overcome. And every single moment he spent down there, he had you on his mind because he loves you that much. So that was his plan from the very beginning. Of 2 Timothy 1.9 in the New Living Translation. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time, to show his, us his grace through Christ Jesus. And I heard someone say once that grace is God's overwhelming desire to treat you as if you never sinned, as if sin never existed. Imagine what life would be like if sin never existed. And the good thing is, is we can still walk with him that way. We've got his grace through Christ Jesus, and we can walk with him like we never sinned. We can walk with him in the cool of the day, just like Adam did. And that's what he wants. He wants that fellowship. He wants to treat you like there's nothing standing between you and him. Because there's not. There's nothing standing between the two of you. Jesus paid the price for all of that. So you just receive it and walk in his love. So how much does God love you? Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified Version, of course. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. We are born anew that we may do the good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. The New Living Translation says we are his masterpiece. So of all of his beautiful, wonderful creation. Who's his masterpiece? You are. So you think about that the next time you go fishing, the next time you go into the Grand Canyon or some beautiful, awesome place and say, you know, this is great, but I'm his masterpiece. And the really cool thing about that is that God made you. It's, you're his workmanship. Does he make mistakes? No. Does he mess up? No. Does he make anything kind of eh? Does he have to jerry-rig anything to make it work? No. He is, his work is perfect. 
So there is not one single person here or one single person online, one single person in the entire world that's a mistake, an accident, or unwanted. You are loved, and you are specially created right now, right here, for this special purpose. You were born in this time, in this place, for this hour. You have a special job, every single one of us. And there's only one person that can do that job. And he put you here in this time to do it, because this time needs you, and he needs you, and you're, you're perfect. Sorry, honey, I'm perfect. <laughs> I am perfect. I am his masterpiece, okay? I'm his masterpiece. So let me tell you, I'll show you a, a, other scriptures about how, how wonderful and loved you are. Um, and like I say, this passion translation is quickly becoming my favorite. Um, so let's go to Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. All right. Um, okay. He chose us to be his very own, joining us, um, yeah, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. So before he said, let there be light, he chose you. And he joined you to himself. He joined you. Okay? Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unsustained innocence. How does he see you? He sees you holy through the blood of Jesus Christ. Next verse. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. Always. Always his plan to have us as his. Through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. Here you go. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. His love that he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And bringing us into his family, adopting us as his own children, brings him pleasure. Did you know that you can please God? You, you can please him. And look, he loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. You don't, don't believe Paul, what Paul says? Well, let's go to John 17, 23. This is in um, the prayer that Jesus is praying for in, in 15 and 16 chapters, he's talking about the, um, he's praying for his disciples. But in chapter 17, he starts praying for those who believe the word that the disciples preach. Well, that's you and me, okay? Long ways down the line, but still, we've gotten that word. So I in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That's Jesus talking, folks. That's Jesus saying, Father, you love these that believe on me as much as you loved me. And in John 17, 24, as he keeps praying in the Amplified Version, he says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have entrusted to me as your gift to me, may be with me where I am. Did you know you're a gift to Jesus? 
Receive that. You are a gift. You are a gift to him. In John 3.16, we all know this one, but of course I'm going to say it in the Amplified. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. That's you guys. You are greatly loved and dearly prized. That he gave his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, won't come to destruction, won't be lost, but you'll have eternal, everlasting life. God loved you so much. He prized you so much that he gave his son. Anybody else here willing to make that kind of a sacrifice? I don't know. I don't don't think I could. But God sowed his son. You know in Galatians where we read that you reap what you sow? God sowed a son. What did he reap? Many sons and daughters. He reaped a family. He gave his son, whom he loved the most. (laughs) And he reaped more sons and daughters. That's in Romans 8, 29. Is that it? 29? Sorry. <laughs> for, those whom he, for those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand. That's you guys. You know, I, I challenge you to just put in foreordained before the earth. Holy smokes, there are tons of scriptures on that. And that will give you an idea of what he was thinking before he even created the earth. Before he even said, let there be light. Okay? He made a plan for you. He wrote it out. He said, Cade is going to be born at this time. He's going to pastor this. He's going to need somebody to help him. Who am I going to get? I'm going to get Beth. She is perfect. They're going to match together. They're going to grow a great family. They're going to grow a great church, and they're going to work for me because I can trust them, and I know that they know that I love them. And then everybody out here, your spouse, I tell Tim all the time, I was, you were made with me in mind. Okay, so when God sat down at their conference table and they said, Tim's going to do this, he's going to be born at this time to these parents because they're the perfect parents for him. And then he's going to do this, this, and this, and that's going to lead him over to here. And he, I, he's going to need somebody. And then I tell him, he's like, why are you so silly? I'm like, you must have needed it. <laughs> Only he gets to see the silly, though, sorry. So I am perfectly made for him to to meet his needs, to help him walk out the plan. He is my perfect match to help me walk out my plan. And God thought of all of that before he said, let there be light. He knew you. He knew what decisions you were going to make. He knew the mistakes you were going to make. But he made provision for that. None of this surprised him. Not one single thing that has happened since the very beginning has surprised him at all. And he made provision for that. He made us a way out. When he knew I was going to make some of the stupid decisions that I made, he knew how to get me back on track. 
He, he put friends in my path that he knew I would need to help keep me on the right path, to help me grow, to encourage me. And he's doing the same for you. So for those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning for ordaining them to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. It was God's plan from the very beginning. From the very beginning, he wanted me. He chose me. I'm his favorite. (laughs) I don't know if you guys know this or not. But the really cool thing about God, you're his favorite too. Everything he did, he did with you in mind because he wanted you in his family. And that Jesus would become the firstborn of many brethren. The Passion Translation says, He knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. So I'm saying because of that scripture, it's not wrong for me to say that Jesus is my big brother. And he's your big brother. And we share in the likeness of his son. We are to grow in that love and that knowledge of them, and we are to become more like Jesus. Jesus had a ministry of reconciliation, of bringing us back to God. In Colossians 1.20 in the New Living Translation, says, through him, through Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So because of Jesus' blood, I am reconciled to my father. I'm adopted into his family. And we have that same ministry. We have the ministry of reconciliation to continue the works that Jesus did. In 1 John 2, 6, it says, Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Well, that's pretty plain, right? So if you live in God, your example is Jesus. So if he did it, you do it. If he didn't do it, you don't. Pretty easy. <laughs> so we are to live like Jesus did. Did I give you First John 4, 7? Okay, pull that up, please. All right, in the New Living Translation... Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God But if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. When we love God and we get a deeper understanding, I mean, daily you can grow in that love. Then that love gets bigger than anything else. It pushes out that fear. It pushes out that anxiety. You become bold. You become courageous. You become bulletproof. 
You go into a situation and you say, I am the greater one in me. The El Shaddai, God Almighty, the Lord of hosts is living on the inside of me. Wherever I go, he goes. He goes before me. He follows after me. He's providing refuge and protection. He is giving me wisdom. What do I have to be afraid of? I got the greater one in me. Do I need to worry about a little bitty virus? No. I've got the greater one in me. Do I have to be anxious about my future? No, it's already planned. He's got the perfect plan for me. All I have to do is say, all right, Lord, what's my assignment for today? My daily morning meeting with him. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your wisdom. What's my assignment? Who can I love on today? Let his love be an expression in you, through you, to this world that needs tons of comfort right now. There is so much back and forth and unknown and do this, but don't do this now. It changes so fast. People's heads are spinning. But we have a constant. We have the constant one in Jesus, and he never changes. He's always there, always true, always loving, always faithful, and he knows everything. He knows what we need. So be bulletproof. 1 John 5, 18 in the Amplified. I'm almost done. Sorry. (laughs) We know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately and knowingly practice sin, but the one who was begotten of God carefully watches over and protects him. Christ's divine presence within him preserves him against the evil, and the wicked one does not lay hold of him, doesn't get a grip, doesn't touch him. The wicked one touches you not, is what the New King James Version says. When you're in God's love and you're walking in him, eh, you're bulletproof. And the world doesn't know him. But they need to know him, and they can know him through us. Here's my wrap-up, okay? 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of sympathy, pity, and mercy, and the God who is the source. Who's your source? God is your source. He is the source of every comfort, consolation, and encouragement, who comforts and consoles and encourages us in every trouble, calamity, and affliction, so that we may also be able to comfort, console, and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble or distress with the comfort, consolation, and encouragement with which we ourselves are comforted. God comforts you, you go comfort the world. That's how they know the love of God. That's how they are drawn to him. That's how you get more brothers and sisters. We have to go out and we have to love people How do you do that? You encourage them. You comfort them. You don't know how to do that? This is one of my new favorite scriptures. In Isaiah 50, verse 4, in the New Living Translation. Ladies, it's in your boxes, so if you like it, go look at your box. The sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning, he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. He has something for you today. He has a specific purpose for you. He has a person that needs to hear from you, who needs a hug, who needs some comfort, who needs 
He need, they need something that you have. And you have, you have Jesus. So go out and share that love. You've got to have faith in that love. So let creation sing to you his love. <laughs> I saw it today in a hummingbird. <laughs> I cried over a hummingbird. But it just showed me, because I said, Lord, I really like hummingbirds. I'd like some hummingbirds in my backyard, please. <laughs> and there they are, hovering right in front of my window so I can get a good look at them. And they stay. I got dragonflies swarming around my backyard because I like them and because he loves me. He put that there for me because he loves me. So I encourage you to get a deeper revelation of his love for you because you have been on his mind since the very beginning, since before the very beginning. And he planned all of this just for you. So walk in his love. Be unified with each other, with your brothers and sisters, and share the love. <laughs> Somebody needs it. Somebody needs that comfort. So let's, let's, way over, sorry. Let's turn the lights down. And let's just take an inward picture an inward thought of how, how God's shown you throughout your own life the ways that he loves you. Has he brought a special friend to you? Does he bring birds or fish or something like that to you? But he brought you Jesus. That's how much he loves you. And that's how much Jesus loves you. Jesus went to the cross for you. You can picture the cross, and that right there is a good example of love. So, Father, I just pray that you would just give each one of us a picture of your love, something that means something specific to each one of us. Father, we see throughout your word that you loved us from the very beginning and it was your plan all along for us to be part of your family. So if you're sitting there and you're like, this sounds great, but I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord. Let's do that right now so that you can be a part of his family. Receive his love that he has for you. So you say, Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. That he came and died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. 
I ask you to do something with it. I thank you for giving me a deeper revelation of your love. And show me how I can share your love to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good word, Darla. Thank you. Wasn't that good? You know, that, that message of love is like one of the foundational things in your Christian walk. It's kind of something you got to get taken care of before you can move on to the next step. I vividly remember when that happened in my life. And I had to study the love of God for like a year before I actually got it. So that shows you how slow I am, but sometimes it takes us some time. You're not going to get it in one message, although Darla's message was incredible. So I just encourage you guys, if you need a deeper revelation of his love, just to keep studying that out. It's in the scripture. You're going to get revelation on it when you get in the word of God. I, I believe that God's going to show you all, just like she said, some things, that you, just something beautiful, something that touches you in a special way this coming week. And instead of just blowing it off as that was just a coincidence, just feel like God put that there for me. And then just reflect on that. So good. Well, y'all, I'm so excited for next week because I'm kicking off a new series that's going to help us navigate culture right now. Because through the last like four weeks, the thing that's been bothering me the most is like, I feel like I'm on this like... Um, cruise ship, or more like actually a speedboat, just kind of like going at a steady pace, calmly through the water. And then there's people just being blown off the boat by like these winds of doc, these winds of new teaching, these like these just strong winds, like people that I know who have been Christ followers for years, just being blown off to this crazy thinking. And I'm like, wait, 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 where are you going? But there are some people that are just hanging on to the edge. Like the winds kind of got them, but they're just, they just haven't let go yet. And God told me, he's like, I've called you to those people, those people who have not let go yet. They need to know the truth. They need to hear the truth. So that may be some people here. That may be some people watching online. But God's given me wisdom, and he's shown me what I need to teach you guys in order to navigate culture and everything that's going on around us with, with all the movements and everything else. I can, I can teach you guys exactly which ones you should say yes to, which ones you should go, go away from, and what we're supposed to do in this time. That's what we're going to start talking about next week. It's going to take me four weeks to get through it. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be strong. And the reason is I'm not upset anymore. I think God gave me this eight weeks off because I was upset there for a little while about what was going on. And you probably shouldn't teach about such things whenever you're upset. But now I'm completely calm and ready to share the wisdom of God. So I'm excited for that. So, and Simon's going to be a part of that too. <laughs> I see you over there, man. He's like, yep, I'm with you. So that's good stuff. All right. Well, if you prayed the prayer to receive Jesus, there's a journey that's ahead for you, and we want to be with you along that journey. Um, so we've set up an easy way for you to tell us. You simply text the word Jesus to 918-373-9883. You all see that number on the screen? That's like, you can text anything to that number. If you have a prayer request, you're struggling, you got a praise report, you want to tell me about the hummingbird that you saw and cried, like, just put this number in your phone as, like, my church, and just text us anytime you want to, and we'd be happy to hear from you. Well, you all hear me say this every week, but thank you for your generosity. You enable us to do great things. It's all about us bringing our resources together and just asking God, what, what do you want us to do with this? And I want you guys to actually be praying for that. Like, God, what's our next move as a church with our provision here? Where do you want us to make a difference? You know, he ordained us like last month to make a difference in the police department. That was God ordained. He led us to that. And I'm listening. I'm like, God, what's, what's the next thing? Because we want to be obedient there's so many good things that we could be a part of, but God's ordained our church to be a part of a specific, these specific things, so we need to know what those are. So will you all pray for me, for wisdom, to know 
what we need to do with our provisions. So if you guys are ready to give today by cash or check, you can raise your hand. Ushers will bring you an offering envelope. You can give anytime online, and how you do that is you type in nolimits.fyi into the address bar of the browser on your phone, tablet, computer. Tap the giving button, and that'll get you where you need to go. Thank you so much for joining us, and a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.